Storm Bowling Products, the bowler's company, presents the Collegiate Spotlight with Coach K. Storm's technical director, Steve Klimkin, also known as Coach K, and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce you to a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight is Paul Klempa. Paul is a coach with the University of Nebraska bowling team. Paul, thank you for joining myself and Coach K today. That's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, Paul, first things first, how is head bowling coach Bill Strub's health? I know he had a, a heart issue in the past and he was in the hospital and, and spent some time away from the team. So could you talk about that and, and how is coach doing right now? Yeah, it, it happened on January 9th um, of this year. Uh, it was right before our second semester was scheduled to begin. He, We were in the office and he, uh, he yelled out for me and I, I ran in to find him in his chair in his office um, having what appeared to be a seizure or something. And I, I knew something wasn't right. And I, <clears throat> I immediately called 911 and the, um, the ambulance was real quick to get here. And his wife was actually in the parking lot waiting for him to come out. So I called her and she came in and took him to the hospital. It turned out to be what they call an aortic dissection, which is a, a very serious uh, condition where your aorta tears. And, um, and this is what killed uh, John Ritter. And it's there's not a, a very high uh, success rate of getting you past this, but they the doctors were really good about um, diagnosing this properly and quickly, and he spent six hours on an operating table that night, and um, thankfully he uh, pulled through. He beat the odds, and he uh, made it. And so... <clears throat> At this stage, he's, he's now out of the hospital, and he's actually um, uh, returned now to work on a part-time basis, and he's doing better. So we're pretty thankful. But it was, a, as he likes to say, he was almost on the wrong side of the daisy. I, I can tell you, we just saw you guys in the on TV there at the uh, NCAA Championships, and I saw Coach Straub there um, next to you with the team. And he looked he looked really good to me. I, I mean, his color, his energy, et cetera. So is, is he, he's feeling as, as good as he's looking and, and doing as well as I mean, from such a, a close call? Yeah, I think he is. I mean, he's not 100% because he just doesn't have quite his energy and stamina back. But, yeah, considering where he was just three months ago, he's doing real well. So, yeah, um, I think a lot of people were surprised that he, he did make the trip to Cleveland with us, and, and he held up pretty good during the week. And uh, so, yeah, we're thankful that uh, he's he's tough and, and he was able to bounce back as well as he has. He still has some, you know, some recovering to do, but he's, you know, he's taking care of himself and he's doing some rehabilitation therapy. I'm trying to get past some of the stuff, but yeah, what he had was very serious. I mean, it's uh, not only don't people typically survive it, but it's not something that's, you know, you just, you know, a, a heart attack is less serious than what he had. So it was. Uh, yeah, he's 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 definitely tough. That's for that's for sure. And you guys had a had a heck of a great performance there in Cleveland. And uh, congrats on a on a, a great championship there. I know you didn't come away with the title like you were hoping, but it sure looked like you guys had a great tournament and a lot of talent on the team. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was good. It was, uh, you know, I mean, considering that when Bill went down in January, which is the heart of our season. Um, and his wife is our secretary, so she's by his side this whole time. So 
at the heart of our season, right at the beginning of the second semester, I lose Bill and I lose his wife, Kim. And so at that point, it's just me. So everything is, is falling in my lap to to keep going, you know, and that's not only the, the coaching, the running of practices, but it's all the travel arrangement, all of the paperwork that goes with that, um, got to keep recruiting on track, um, all everything that normally the three of us would do, uh, it was on me. And I, and my biggest thing was that I, I sure as heck under my watch didn't want to have the team miss the national championship tournament for the first time in our history. So I was feeling a lot of pressure at that time to not only not let anybody down, but I didn't want to let, didn't want to let things slip away. I mean, it would have been easy. Oh, well, we missed the championship, but it was hard because coach went down, but I didn't want to use that excuse. I, I felt like we had all the resources and everything we needed to keep this thing going. And, and that's the message the team got. And, and we did, we went forward and, and thankfully, we did make the national championship. And better yet, we went all the way to the TV show just to come up two games short of winning it. Yeah, talk about how that um, that experience is going to impact the kids, and how how it's even can be used as a teaching moment for for these uh, young uh, you know young minds and the young collegiate athletes. When things happened the way they did, and and it was all it was just me trying to wear about 10 different hats that that impacted me greatly and also impacted the team because it got to the point where the opportunities that came from that were where the leadership was needed from the upperclassmen to help me with the team to keep this thing going and also for some independence that these these kids could do things without where normally we would be maybe with them during their training sessions. Uh, there's times I couldn't be out there. I couldn't be with them because I had other things to, to do. So, I mean, it impacted us because it did make us, it, it certainly had our, our leaders emerge, which I think will help us next year. And also it taught them how to be a little more independent and how to take care of themselves when they can't, when they can't have a coach that's there with them and another set of eyes all the time. So I think those are the two big benefits that we can't, we, that we got out of this whole situation. Uh, now, Paul, tell us a little bit, kind of, you know, what's it like to coach for you, so many, you know, talented young players? Because you've had some really big-name players that have gone through the program, you know, just like, just to name a couple, like DeAndras Beatty or Sharon Plahowski, for example, you know. Tell, maybe tell us a little bit about them and maybe some of the other um, star players that you've coached over the years. Yeah, DeAndras Beatty or DeAndra Hyman when she was here and Shannon Plowski. I mean, those players are special. I mean, they're very special people. They're very talented people that, that simply don't come along very often. You know, they're very hard, hardworking. They're driven. They demand success of themselves and everyone around them. And they are a special breed that, you know, it's why recruiting is so important. We've had, and, you know, those two stand out, and obviously we've had several others. I, uh, we had... Bill's wife Kim was a four-time All-American here. She had she was on the PWBA tour at two titles. We had the Machuga twins, um, Carrie and Shelley Machuga. They were All-Americans. Brenda Norman, All-American. That's Tim Tim Mack's wife. Uh, Brenda Edwards, is All-American. She's on Team USA. 
<clears throat> Jennifer Doherty, which is Chad Murphy's wife. She was an All-American several times. Uh, Amanda Burgoyne, she's on Team USA, four-time All-American. Adrian Miller, a uh, Mike Miller's daughter, uh, two-time All-American. Uh, the wife of Hank Boomershine, Lindsey Baker, four-time All-American. Cassie Luthold, four-time All-American, Team USA member. Kayla Johnson, Team <laughs> USA All-American. I mean, the list goes on. I mean, wow. I apologize That's for anybody yeah. left, but, but those are kind of a, you know, I, I get there to say a who's who of, of women players that are real good. Um, you know, we haven't had them all. There's a lot of good women we never got, but the list <laughs> we have, I think, is pretty impressive. These people are really good. And, so, yeah, we've had a, a lot of luck. In, in recruiting and in getting some good players. And, you know, the thing is not all these players were what they are now when they got here. A lot of it, they developed a lot of the the skills when they got here. Um, they weren't all all Americans just walking in the door. Um, we work with them. There's a lot of development that goes on. They, they bring a lot of their natural talent, a lot of things that they do, their drive, a lot of things we can't teach them. But, uh, yeah, we develop a lot of these players, they're kind of diamonds in the rough, and then they become super, and they continue. You, you know, you, I go to women's events now, and and there's oftentimes the top ten is there's three or four or five former players from our program, and, and that makes me pretty proud when I can see that. I like that. So what are some of the keys to the success of your program? A lot of times people think we have some kind of magic formula, um, I guess either either they think we have a magic formula or that we're just lucky because we recruit so many great people that just make us look good. And maybe there's some truth to that, but the the reality is it's much more simple than what you might think. It's it's what we stress are fundamentals, and we a lot when we recruit, we're looking for a fundamental base to be pretty solid with a good release. And so if you've got good ball roll and you've got good ball speed, your fundamentals are pretty sound. We like that. But the thing that's woefully lacking, I think, by and large in bowling is is the stressing of true fundamental development. So we work at that really hard to get our players to be as fundamentally sound as we, as we can do. And I think that that basically just has them to the point where they're more developed physically than their opponents. Um, and that doesn't always mean that we win. It's always in bowling, obviously, how you throw it or how well you throw it is not always enough. You still have to factor in the equipment and the lane, the lane conditions and so on. But that that's a huge key to our success is, first of all, we get them throwing it better than everyone else. And then when you, when you combine that with the great equipment we get from Storm and the support we get from Turbo 2-in-1 and Ultimate Bowling Products, that's a recipe for success. Combining all that with before we do go to tournaments, we, we're told what the pattern is a week in advance, and we our preparation is usually really good. We, we don't just slap the pattern out at our place. We also we, we know kind of the characteristics of where we're going so we not only put the pattern out, but we also know how it's likely to play where we're going. So we try to modify it enough to where, even if it's by hand with a mop, to try to make it exactly how it's going to play where we're going. So when you, when you pre- prepare that way, 
on trying to make the playing conditions almost as close as you can to where you're going, combining that with the mental and emotional and the physical preparation that we do. We try to never have it to where we didn't succeed because we didn't prepare well enough. Um, and so that's, I think, all those things combined. It starts with throw the thing well. Throw it better than everybody else. And then you take advantage of your resources with equipment, your knowledge of lane patterns, and your mental and emotional control. And you're really prepared. And that's, I think, one of the big reasons why when we go somewhere, we do well. Because we're kind of prepared for whatever they throw at us. And it, uh, it's why even this year with the adversity, we're still able to overcome and get as far as we did. Now, you talked a little bit about recruiting there kind of early on. Uh, in, now, I do notice, and I did see there's several players on your team who are actually from outside of the United States. Now, how did you recruit them, or did they come to you? How did that happen? Yeah, we recruiting in, in some way, in some cases, uh, we've gone somewhere. Uh, we have gone recruiting internationally overseas. Um, by and large, the, the ones that are on the team now, um, because once you kind of get some some uh, international players on your team, that kind of spreads to other international players who they hear about so-and-sos at that school, and then they contact us. And then instead of us, have, we don't have to travel to South America or to Singapore or to Europe. Once we get a few players from those areas, then other players find out about that, and then they contact us. So we have two two gals from Colombia, South America. They they're from Bogota. They they contacted us, which is probably uh, in part because uh, we've had uh, other players from that area. Uh, Paula Gomez is one that was from down there, and these two gals that are on the team now know Paula real well. Um, uh, we had we had uh, recruited in Europe at the. Uh, junior championships over there, and that's how we ended up getting Beth Headley on our team, who's a lefty from London. Um, mm. A gal from gal from Singapore, uh, the way that worked out, uh, their, uh, their, the guy who runs their bowling program he, for the, like, kind of Team USA, the Team Singapore, he came, he was on a little tour of the U.S. They're looking to build a facility. And so he was going from one place to another. And I think he had visited maybe the ITRC. I think he visited Wichita State. He visited us. He wanted to see the facilities that, that are being used here in the States for training so they could kind of model it for what they wanted to build. Well, this guy spent a day here, and he had a, a thumb drive that had a, uh, all videos of a lot of his players. On, and they have a junior developmental team, and we were looking through those videos, and we came across a gal named Yan Ling, and we thought she threw it real well. We liked what we saw, and he went back and talked to her, and sure enough, she came here. As a matter of fact, she was just she just finished her career here after three years. She was uh, going to graduate here in another month, and um, so that's kind of how all the international things happen. It's kind of a network. Um, you kind of get the word out there, you start pulling some of them, and then they just kind of spread. As far as recruiting in the states. We do. We hit a lot of the big, the big tournaments like Junior Gold, Turbo Two and One has a Collegiate Expo. Uh, I just got back a couple weeks ago from the MJMA, which is the Michigan Junior Masters Tournament up in the Detroit area. Uh, we do the Illinois High, high School 
state tournaments, those are good. Uh, the bowling combine that they have at the ITRC. Um, so we get those major ones and try to build a little list of of people that we think could could work here. And um, that combined with we we get a good seventy five or eighty um, people that either email or send us DVDs or video links to YouTube um, throughout the year. We get a good seventy five or better of them and. Uh, they contact us, and then you also have the, you know, Coach Straw being on the tour as long as he was, and knowing so many people, he'll get phone calls, or I'll get phone calls with, uh, I got a girl for you, I got this girl you may want, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just there's all different ways. Recruiting is the biggest challenge I think you have. I mean, not only people graduate, you lose people, and you have to keep trying to reload and. And it's not always easy, so it's a never-ending process. And, um, but those are kind of the ways that we kind of go about it. You hit the big places, you network with people, and thankfully some of the recruiting takes care of itself because some of the best players sometimes just contact you, and then you can go from there. Yeah, I was going to say, what is the best way? Uh, we have a lot of high school bowlers that listen to these shows that are aspiring to bowl collegiately. What is the best way for them to get your attention? I think the best way to, for them to get our attention is is either contact us directly, obviously, or get yourself out there at some of these major events that are out there, like the Junior Gold, um, like the Bowling Combine, some of these national junior events where there are a lot of different coaches there recruiting. I think that's one real good way they can they can be noticed and seen. Um, I mean, I I don't know if you can start too early. I mean, certainly by your sophomore year, you should be looking at schools. Um, there's there are rules on our side where we can't we can't meet with you off campus or bring you in here on a visit on our dime until you're uh, senior. But uh, when you're younger than that, you can visit the school on your own dime anytime you want. Um, and you can also call or email anytime you want. We just can't call you until you're about to be a senior. So, I mean, that, that's those are the biggest things. It's just you got sometimes girls just if they don't bowl some of these national things, and if you don't happen to hear about them from somebody, then they you just don't know they're out there. And you know, I think the biggest thing for girls is like I was talking about earlier was getting your fun, fundamentals and check, get those, get, get it to where when a coach does see you throw it at junior gold, they have a reason to look twice, that you're either really developed, you're, you do something special, you're powerful, um, you know, you have more revs than the girl next to you. I mean, those are the kinds of things that are going to catch somebody's eye is that you do something very well. And, you know, and that's that's a big thing for me when I'm recruiting is, I'm looking for somebody that's not weak. And, you know, when you, with girls, you know, guys, you know, they they can afford to have some unnecessary movements. They can afford to have fundamental flaws because they're more powerful. And, you know, they have greater entry angle of pocket. They create more air room on the lane. And so, therefore, it doesn't really matter as much them, but for girls, most of the really good players in college bowling 
have very good have a very good sound game. They don't do a whole lot of extra movements. They can't afford them. For them to be successful, they have to keep things pretty sound, and then they can keep the ball in play, make spares, and strike more than someone else. And I mean, all the best players are not uh, somebody that's that doesn't have a good grasp on the fundamentals, as they do. And I think that's a, that's a big start for women. And once you get beyond that, then you want to look at a school that seems to be a good fit for what you're what you're wanting. What that's academically and the bowling program, you know. And, and a lot of the girls that that we've recruited the last few years, one of the new things that seems to be happening is we have girls that are interested in coming our way. They'll follow us for a couple of years. So there they are, a sophomore or a junior, and they're they're popping up at most of the tournaments we go to. Their dad or their mom is just taking them to the collegiate events, and they're sitting there watching. So they not only get an idea of how college tournaments are run, but also specifically how the school they're looking at does things when they're out there competing. And they can get a pretty good idea of whether that looks like something they'd like to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and once you've gotten through, you know, if, if you decide, you know, this coach seems like a good guy and I like the girls on that team, then make a trip to the school, you know, meet the players, watch them practice, get a tour of the facilities, meet the people in academics, you know, walk the campus, get an idea whether it feels right. I mean, you got to trust your gut a lot for these things. You know, a lot, a lot of times girls do go straight off. You know, it just feels like it's the place for me. And, then that, and a lot of times they're not wrong. That's, that is a good gauge for whether or not you're going to the right place if it feels right. If it feels wrong, it probably is. Well, great <laughs> stuff and great advice, Paul. As um I want to thank you for sharing some of your insights on everything there at uh, Coach at University of Nebraska. Uh, Paul, I want to thank you for joining us, and if there's ever anything uh, myself or Coach K can do, give us a ring, and, and we'll be sure to help you guys out. Well, thanks so much for having me, guys. You're a great job.